coming up on The Medicine Podcast. Do you or do you not have this communication uh, practice between your partner of what is the high dream, the legacy of our relationship? If you do, keep this tool in your tool belt when you go into the conversation around addressing your significant other's health because it will be your advocate as you talk about health and its role in contributing to that high dream. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what your dream is. If you don't have your health, if you don't have physical vitality and mental vitality, you're not going to be able to experience it if you can't get out of bed or if you are you know, having early onset dementia because of your nutrition choices 20 years ago. So it doesn't matter what your dream is. And that could be the challenge as to why this individual has not prioritized their health. Maybe they don't have a big enough dream. Maybe the relationship itself doesn't have a big enough dream. And like our dear mentor, Paul Check says, if you don't have a big enough dream, you will have a crisis. Yeah. And in this case, it would be a health crisis. Welcome back to The Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi, and I am sitting here with my favorite person on earth, really, my partner in everything that I do, <laughs> basically. Chase, hello. You guys, <laughs> this week at dinner... Megan got up in the middle of dinner and brushed her teeth. <laughs> like, what the hell? We were sitting there having a meal. I'm literally into my food, beautifully enjoying while out of the corner of my eye, she gets up what I thought to maybe was to blow her nose or clear her throat and begins brushing her teeth in the middle of dinner. She, she claims. Do I get to defend myself well, here? Let me let me give the rest of my version. She claims her teeth were scummy and did not like the feeling of chewing her guys, food with said scummy teeth. Listen, I got up to go to the bathroom, saw that my toothbrush was on the charger in the bathroom, and I thought to myself, I says, I says to myself, yeah, I, I actually forgot an afternoon brushing this morning and my teeth feel scummy and I don't like it. So I walked out of the bathroom with my toothbrush, my electric toothbrush, shout out to Sonicare, going and Chase looked at me like a crazy person. You know, you're doing something right because <laughs> your teeth are white, and large and beautiful and shiny. I can't do anything about the fact that they're large. I thought that was quite fun. <laughs> Way to bring in the episode here. Welcome to The Medicine, you guys. We have uh, another very interesting topic. One could say a sensitive topic mm. of sorts. Um, but this is a, it's, it's a really relevant um, conversation. Yeah. It's a very relevant conversation. You know, our, one of the main pillars of The Medicine Podcast is all around health, holistic health, and in forming a relationship with our bodies and the food that we consume, what we're drinking, supplements, movement, like everything that goes into being a healthy person. And we've heard from listeners, from friends that you know, sometimes the values of health don't quite match up in relationship. And people come to this point where they don't know how to talk to their partner about their current, their partner's current health situation or approach to health, whether that's hey, my partner's not, you know, really taking care of their health and their body and they're maybe gaining a, an unhealthy amount of weight and I don't know how to bring it up or swinging the other way where it's like, hey, my, my partner's becoming really obsessive yeah. and it's putting tension on our relationship and they're becoming quite um, 
obsessed with this outcome or this fitness goal and it's putting strain on our relationship, how do I even bring this up with them? And since we've had you know, a lot of experience in, in this conversation personally in our, in our marriage together. And it still continues to be something that we navigate together. We thought that this would be a really helpful conversation to share with our audience. Totally. And, and there's such a wide range of challenges that surface from a a health issue because, and this is why it's so sensitive it trickles into this realm of body image, yeah. of aesthetic, of appearance, physical attraction, might lead all the way to the point where you may not be sexually attracted to someone if we're talking about a romantic partnership physically because their appearance is now a byproduct of an unhealthy lifestyle. And it makes for a walking through a minefield type of <laughs> yeah. energy when it comes to bringing this up. Yeah. This isn't just for romantic partnership. If you have friends that you care about deeply, if you have family members that you care about deeply, sure. this is a relevant conversation because unfortunately the world that we live in is not going to help you out at all <laughs> to nudge you back into the right yeah. path of, of living, moving, eating well. Yeah. There are very few, if any, just happenstance uh, environments in the mainstream life that are going to be like, hey, here's a little nudge back to eating better. In fact, it's the opposite. You have to go to great length to avoid the bullshit food Mm -hmm. at the grocery store. And same with movement. There are conveniences more than ever at 2023 that keep our ass in a seat (laughs) instead of doing the opposite, which we have to like trick ourselves into moving more as adults. Mm -hmm. It's like, You know, people are talking about, hey, don't park in the closest parking spot to the building that you're walking into. Park a little bit further so you can get a few more steps or take the stairs up the the flight of one or two uh, levels instead of taking the elevator. We have to like trick ourselves into moving our bodies because the world that we've crafted as human beings in 2023 is not accommodating to Mm -hmm. being healthy from a movement and diet standpoint. And so, so much of this, there's a million ingredients that go into this, lead to the potential of having someone in your life, whether that's a romantic partner, family member, close friend, that may or may not be uh, able to receive the direct feedback of, hey, you should probably start prioritizing health, and thus requires a level of intentional consideration and Mm -hmm. intentional intentional conversation in order to communicate to them that hey let's step into a space of living healthier together and that's and that's what this is about yeah yeah so there's a lot to talk about a lot to run through today and to talk through but first i gotta know from you my love what's in your cup today what's in my cup what's in my mushy mug that has this straw speaking of teeth i use this metal straw if you're watching on youtube you can see it this long metal straw that's got a rubber tip on it because i don't like to stain my teeth with coffee or anything that's that's sort of dark you know wine anything pigmented food i don't like to stain my teeth i'd prefer them to look white (laughs) helps with the appearance So I use a big ass straw. I used to use a plastic straw until I uh, realized that heat 
turns this plastic straw with BPAs and God yeah. knows what else uh, into my mouth and into my body. And so I use this metal straw. I only then realize that the metal straw heats <laughs> when you put it in hot liquid and it burns your lips. So I applied a safe um, rubber tip to this straw. A and condom. I, a condom, if you will. And I look like a complete weirdo because the straw is so huge. But, and if you hear a clinking, that's us drinking out of metal or glass straws. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a, a great little hack if you want to avoid staining your teeth. Back to the question that you asked me. Yes. What is in my cup, my mushy mug? I got King Coffee, baby. King Coffee from Organo. And actually, you you just made the same thing for me that you made. <laughs> so I'll let you speak to some of the specifics since I've already been a little bit long-winded. But I do have a Reishi Spore Mushroom King Coffee in my cup. It's hot. I put a little Organifi chocolate protein in there because when I blend the two, it tastes like mm. a mocha, like a healthy mocha, a little bit extra protein. Uh, the Organifi chocolate protein is my favorite tasting protein yeah. ever. Yeah. It mixes with pretty much anything and everything. And when you put it in hot liquid, it doesn't get weirdly like chunky or, or binding. Yeah, it actually it, froths up mm -hmm. pretty well. So it gives you a nice little mocha uh, vibe. And I do this one often. So a little bit of Organo King coffee, which I'll let you talk about in further detail, as well as Organifi chocolate protein. I love that combo. Yeah, I have something similar, except I made mine iced. So I have iced King coffee here um, with the cold foam, the raw milk cold foam. Adds a little nice head to it some creaminess um, but yeah the the king coffee we've talked about many times um, it's it's a combination of reishi spores and organic mold-free coffee and they come in little pa packets so they're ready to go we travel with them everywhere i take mine to the local coffee shop even i order you know a steamed milk or water or whatever and i just put my own in because i want to ensure that i'm not getting moldy coffee. Spoiler, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but upwards of 92% of coffee beans used in America have mycotoxins in them when they're evaluated like under a microscope. Mycotoxins are a certain type of mold that can cause a lot of issues and problems in the body. Um, even if you're getting organic coffee, organic fair trade, highest quality, those beans can still be get moldy on the shelf or in the machine. Yeah. If you're going to a coffee shop, they might not be cleaning it perfectly all the time. So this, this mold can accumulate in the beans and then we consume that. We feel crappy after a certain type of coffee or you think like, mm, you know, I'm really not feeling good after coffee. I probably need to give it up. Well, you may not actually need to give up the coffee. You may just need to upgrade to yeah. one that is not moldy for sure. So King Coffee is tested for mold and all the things. And we've been using it for, I don't know, five, four and a half, five years mm -hmm. now. And I will never go back. It is absolutely delicious. And aside from just the, the coffee experience, the reishi spores are really powerful and potent for really supporting every system in my body from head to toe. Reishi is the queen. She is the Beyonce of mushrooms and everything from cognition to respiratory to circulatory to cardiovascular to endocrine to immune, like she touches it all. So I love knowing that my coffee experience is also adding um, health and vitality to the rest of my health expression. Um, 
So if you wanted to learn more about King Coffee, you can go to themedicine.com forward slash coffee. And we have a ton of information about the different types and the kinds that we choose and why and how to purchase it if you want to try it for yourself. Also, you know, if you have any questions, you can always DM me. I'm here. Um, But yeah, that's what I got going on in my cup. And you wanted to mention something else, right? Oh, dude, I have been again, blown away by the efficacy of immune Intel AHCC. Since we've been back from our, our summer in Idaho, we'll be back about five or six weeks now. I have woken up with a sore throat and the sniffles at least three times and have pounded, have (laughs) dunked myself in immune Intel AHCC. And within 24 hours, these symptoms, which what usually turns into a full-blown head cold or respiratory um, yeah. irritation at the at the minimum, gets stunted. And it's 24 hours, 48 hours, and I feel back to normal. It's actually crazy. And, and of course, I've done this to some degree in the past and had a lot of success, but I've even upped it further. I take two capsules of AHCC every single day. I would bump these to six or eight. Yesterday, I took nine when I woke up with the sniffles. And it has significantly improved my uh, ability to stunt the things that are... And I'm not doing anything else differently. Of course, I'm flushing my my nose and my, my sinuses pretty consistently as a part of this, trying to prioritize sleep, not exercising as hard, trying to mitigate stress as much as I can in my life. But holy shit, dude. Like I just keep getting blown away by how yeah. powerful yeah. this immunomodulator that we call immune Intel AHCC really, really is. And uh, if you do not have this on hand for the cold and flu season, for these viruses that are just continuing to evolve in the uh, atmosphere yeah, that we live in. They're not going away. Not going away. <laughs> this is such an ally. And I would yeah. encourage everybody to have the, the minimum dose of two capsules a day and then up it when you're starting to feel something. Yeah. I think this is complete bro science, but I have noticed when I maintain a level of baseline as it pertains to putting um, the shiitake mushroom derivative AHCC into my life, as I have that as a baseline, I'm more agile for upping the dose when something like a virus or a cold is going around and I catch it for a minute. It's almost like when I'm consistently exercising, moving my body. Let's say I'm I'm bench pressing and squatting, pretty traditional compound lifts once a week, but I'm not killing myself. I'm not going over the top until I get into a season of my life where I want to add a little extra strength or add a little extra hypertrophy or muscle. I adjust the programming a little bit. I have a significantly more uh, profound ability to enter into those phases of strength building or hypertrophy when I keep a baseline Mm -hmm. of that, of that movement pattern year round versus starting from nothing. Yeah. And again, this is fucking bro science. There's like no clinical study on this, but I have noticed that as I've taken a consistent level of immune Intel, when I go to take a little bit more, it seems almost to act quicker because of the, the, baseline system that's been established for uh, uh, the adaptogenic nature that this immune, the immune properties of this supplement has. Yeah. And so again, this is my own, you know, whatever, call this the Chase Bro Science Protocol. No, you're, you're spot on. But I mean, I've really noticed that if I'm consistent with it, I can sort of 
up the dose and be quicker to having its effects than than starting from scratch. Yes, I experienced the same thing. And the clinical research would support you in your, as you call it, bro science. So, um, yeah, I think that's I think it's great. I mean, we take, like you said, two capsules every day and then. If we're traveling or if we feel something like, oh, I kind of feel like my body's fighting something a little bit, we we up it. Yeah. And usually, I mean, it, here's the thing. You're not going to stop being exposed to things. Right. <laughs> Viruses, bacteria, toxins, all. You're never, it's never going to just go away. And so, it's not that you're never going to get sick again. Yeah, you'll probably get sick uh, less frequently when you have something like AHCC in your body on a regular basis. But what I've noticed in my life is like sicknesses prior to taking AHCC would maybe last a week to 10 days. And now that I'm able to flood my body with AHCC, something that previously would take a week to 10 days now is like a three day thing. Yeah. And like my body is is able to move through it faster and the symptoms are so much um, less severe. Yeah. And so it's like your immune system is still learning. It's still coming into contact with things. It's still going to have to fight things off and neutralize bacteria and fun- uh, fungi, I guess. Yeah. But also viruses. Um it's not that you're never going to get sick again. It's like the the duration and the frequency is shortened. Totally. Yep. Yep. Well, good. I'm glad my uh, great bro science Matches arm up. was uh, validated. Yeah. You ready to get into the meat? Let's get into this. And and a couple things I want to just clear up. Oftentimes we talk about whether or not you have the right in a relationship to bring forth these types of questions. For instance, we've had a conversation around. Whether you have the right in a relationship dynamic to look at your partner's phone to see if they've been, you know, see what their activity is like on mm-hmm. on the internet or social media or whatever. And so, you know, a question that might come up here is like, do you have the right to talk to your partner about their health and or weight? Or yeah. I, I think this one's actually a little less like of a back and forth as you would might get with, with other questions like the technology question. I think that if you are in a serious relationship and you've, you've, had a conversation with your significant other um, or a friend or a family member that, that has established the fact that this is a deep connection and, and, a, and a legitimate mm-hmm. relationship where there's love, you do have the right to give that yeah. individual feedback pertaining to their health and wellness. Yeah. And so to answer that question and just kind of nip it in the bud is you do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think certainly this can be opinion based, but our opinion is that, yes, I think you do. And the thing that I keep coming back to in this convert in this very sensitive topic is if you're in a long term, let's say marriage and you or relationship like us, we're not married, but I plan on spending the rest of my life with you. If you are engaging in unhealthy activity, behaviors, and everything to the point where it's negatively impacting your health, that in the future and now potentially affects me and my life. Mm -hmm. For example, if you just decide to throw everything out the window that we talk about on the medicine and you're going through the drive through five times a week, you're slamming beers every night, you're not moving your body and your health deteriorates significantly... I, in my mind, because of what I know about the the progression of chronic illness and chronic disease states, I'm thinking ahead 10, 20 years and like, what what is this going to mean for yeah. his state 
whether it's cardiovascular disease, obesity, diabetes, uh, cancer, or things like Alzheimer's, dementia, like that's where my mind is going. And it's like, your health decisions do affect me and my life and, and the freedom that we have totally. in our life in the future. And, and something that we'll get into, but like our dream that we yeah. have together. So it's not that it just affects your partner. It's not just about your partner. It also affects my, my life. Yep. So it's, it is, I think it's definitely a sensitive topic, but there's, there's a really good, strong argument for being an, an active advocate for your partner's health as well. Yeah, totally. So to, so to answer that question, yes, I think you do have a right in this, this setting. If you're anything like me, finding quick foods that are actually healthy and intentionally sourced is not the easiest task these days. Take something like jerky. 99% have added sugars, preservatives, and are sourced from conventional non-organic farms from stressed and possibly diseased animals. Yikes. Okay, what about protein or granola bars? Oftentimes these bars have way more sugar than protein and the protein itself is usually bottom of the barrel, cheap and low quality. We used to have the hardest time while traveling, like what the heck are we supposed to eat when we need something quick? Then I discovered Paleo Valley. Hallelujah. Chase and I's favorite when we need something convenient, like during travel. The beef or turkey sticks and superfood bars are literally an answer to my prayers. They are made from real whole foods with no added sugars or mystery ingredients and are super delicious. Even kids love them. Get this, Paleo Valley sources their meat and their bone broth protein exclusively from organic regenerative farmers. The animals are pasture-raised, grass-fed their entire life, and the farmers themselves are practicing regenerative farming. This means that they are actually healing our Earth's soil rather than killing it and stripping it like conventional farms. I feel so good knowing that I'm blessing my body with high quality foods and supporting our earth and future generations by supporting Paleo Valley. If you want to try for yourself, you can use the direct link in the show notes to check out Paleo Valley and use the code medicine. That's M-E-D-I-C-I-N for a discount, or just check them out in our medicine cabinet at getmimifit.com. We're bringing you only the best, boo. Cheers. Um, but before you just come in hot on, and we're going to talk about romantic partners as the framework for this conversation yeah. today. So I'm just going to keep saying that your significant other, your boyfriend, your wife, your husband, <clears throat> there are some key considerations that you're going to want to take a minute to reflect on prior to just engaging in this conversation. They're yeah. going to set you up with the tool belt. That's going to be a, a, a little more friendly to having this conversation in a way that won't hurt the hell out of them. Yeah. And so the first consideration is just piggybacking on what you just mentioned. Do you have a dream or uh, an identified legacy for the relationship? And we've had this conversation before on podcasts of the past, how important it is for a relationship to both individually identify dreams, goals, ob uh, objectives, or what you know, somebody like Paul Check would call a legacy of one's life, and then co-create that in a partnership to develop a high dream for the relationship. This is what our desired 
pursuit looks like in order to accomplish what we would like to accomplish in life. And here's what being in that high dream looks like on a daily, weekly, yeah. yearly, annual basis type of type of thing. And what I want to emphasize here is it doesn't have to be overly complex, but it can yeah. quite literally be something like we want to start a family, travel the world, uh, have enough income to be able to allocate towards these types of endeavors. Maybe we have two homes in different locations. Maybe we're able to put our kids in the in a community-based school that allows them a ton of different freedoms. So whatever, this can be as simplistic as we want to have an extra house someday, or it can be as dynamic as a full-blown vision board uh, with every aspect of your life taken care of and articulated and spelled out. I don't care. Start the conversation around yeah. what is the best version of this relationship? Yeah. And let's hold ourselves accountable to that to that dream. So the question number one is, do you or do you not have this communication uh, practice between your partner of what is the high dream, the legacy of our relationship? If you do, keep this tool in your tool belt when you go into the conversation around addressing your significant other's health, because it will be your advocate as you talk about health and its role in contributing to that high dream. Health, I'm sorry, is an absolutely critical component to any dream that has something to do with evolving the nature of oneself or the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what your dream is. If you don't have your health, if you don't have physical vitality and mental vitality, it doesn't matter what that dream is. You're not going to be able to experience it if you can't get out of bed or if you're chained to a dialysis machine or you are, you know, having early onset dementia because of your nutrition choices 20 years ago. So it doesn't matter what your dream is. And that could be the challenge as to why this individual has not prioritized their health. Maybe they don't have a big enough dream. Maybe the relationship itself doesn't have a big enough dream. And like our dear mentor, Paul Check says, if you don't have a big enough dream, you will have a crisis. Yeah. And in this case, it would be a health crisis. A dream nudges you to get off your ass, literally or figuratively, and it serves as a foundation to refer back to during intense moments of conversation yeah. with your significant other that says, uh, hey, I realize this is challenging, but this is counter to the dream that we've both articulated and agreed to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're, you're treating it like a North Star of your life experience and relationship. Any strong dream should have a pillar of health and well-being. And so if you have one, great. Put it in your tool belt prior to this conversation. If you don't have one, add this to the list of conversations that you need to have yeah. with your significant other because it's a really, really healthy practice. It is absolutely in our top 10 as it pertains to what relationship advice could yeah. look like. So do you have a dream or legacy for this relationship? If you do, keep it in your tool belt. Remember it, refer back to it in this upcoming conversation. Mm-hmm. If you don't, separate time and setting to evaluate the relationship's high dream. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a perfect place to start. Um, Paul Check talks about the, the your one love and it ultimately every choice that you're making in life, not that you have to be perfect, but again, this is like a template. It's a guiding light. It's a, it's a guiding North Star. If you are living in dream mode rather than crisis mode, if you're living in dream mode, your daily actions will support that dream and yeah. it will be easier to make changes in the long term when you are keeping that that one love, that dream in, in the front of your mind. So 
The next consideration that you definitely want to spend some time reflecting on in maybe meditation or journaling or just, you know, thinking on your own, is this concern about your partner's health, is it based on their overall health expression and well-being or is it based on appearance only and your attraction to them that whatever the circumstances are their their appearance or their their attractiveness uh to you has waned or decreased if it's only about appearance like you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself um i think this is also Um, important to consider like is this coming from your brain or is it coming from say this is a man and he's scrolling Instagram a ton and seeing like just smoking hot Instagram influencers all the time that their images are probably fake and face tuned anyways is it like are those intrusive thoughts coming in and being like well my partner doesn't look like that right or my partner doesn't look like that anymore Um, that is probably not a healthy foundation to this conversation. Well, I'm glad you bring this up because this can be a subconscious habit because you're scrolling through hourglass bodies from 20 year olds on Instagram, whether this is a conscious decision or not, it can absolutely be something that's subconscious. And so take a minute to reflect because you might now be building this subconscious expectation on what the female yeah. body could look like. And it goes, it goes the other way around as Both well ways for sure. to where you have desensitized yourself yeah. such that your physicality doesn't respond in the same way yeah. when you step back into the real world as it did on Instagram or yeah. even worse, if you're going into the rabbit holes of, you know, various pornography. Yeah. I think this is a, a point where the, the person who has the concern <laughs> if they they are scrolling Instagram and they're following a lot of booty accounts and maybe they're engaging in pornography on the side, not telling their partner, or maybe they are telling their partner, whatever, this is warping your view of the the female form, the female yeah. body. And I would say before you ha- have any sort of conversation with your partner, step one for you is to reduce your intake of those things. Yeah. Like unfollow those accounts and maybe uh, find some help in the way of like getting off of pornography and see if anything changes in you, you know, in regard to your partner. That's step one is, is your own self-reflection and just keep in mind too, that health is, is an inside out job. It's an inside job. And if we are supporting our body and we're supporting our health through really um, amazing practices on, on a daily basis, that the health should come from the inside out. And a byproduct of that is looking healthy, is having muscle tone, is not aging prematurely, right? So, it, also, we want to make sure that we uh, distinguish here that just because someone is looks in shape doesn't mean they're healthy or engaging in healthy practices at all. You know, that we've talked about the fit, sick person, mm-hmm. the person who looks shredded on Instagram or whatever, uh, but on the inside is, is quite a mess. Totally. So, that that is very real. So, it, appearance is not the only, you know... <sighs> factor that we need to consider when we're when we're looking at expressions of health in many many cases what we've deemed to be the most attractive aesthetic 
both for men and women is actually not a healthy state to be in. So getting a clear understanding of what a healthy representation of the human body looks like, for instance, the most shredded I ever was in my life also was the most unhealthy. If we had been in a relationship at that point, I had to take months off from exercise in order to rebound my own hormones. What did that mean? That means I lost my six pack. It turned into a four pack or something. (laughs) Just kidding. It went away. I I had more body fat on my my body as I was actually gradually turning more healthy due to rest and restoration mm-hmm. and eating calorie significantly more calories and more fat and and that was actually a progress towards health mm-hmm. and so getting really familiar with health because one could be frustrated on the surface if there's a significant other who prior to you know maybe this moment in time was completely shredded and had like completely v-tapered body yet let's say it's life circumstances like, Hey, I'm working towards my doctorate. I just have to sacrifice time in the gym. I'm not going to be able to look tip top like I used to, but I'm still going to be healthy. I'm still going to be moving and eating a whole uh, organic food diet, but I might lose some of the very, very nuance that you've seen in my body lately. And so just being able to reflect a little bit and understand what real health is and how that shows up in the expression of the human body is really important just so that you don't go barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. And I, I don't want to, I don't want people to get us wrong because I know attraction to your partner and sex appeal and, you know, feeling sexy with your partner is, it's a huge part of the relationship. I am not going to deny that at all. Don't get me wrong. I, I do believe that attract attraction to each other, sex appeal, feeling sexy with and for your partner is a huge piece of relationship, but it's not the only thing. It's not the only piece that should be providing connection, deep connection between you and your partner. So this is a good moment. Just reflect on your intentions and maybe there's some things that you can change in your own behavior and your life choices that can alter your perception of your partner without them having to change anything. Yeah. So um, definitely wanted to, uh, to make sure we hit that. Um, yeah. You want to, you want to take, well, I think two? that when it comes to specific preferences of the opposite sex and the way that they look physically, that is a, that is a great filter to explore in your dating life. And I don't think I don't there's no problem if you have preferences like I've heard so many girls talk about he's got to be at least six feet tall, you know, or guys who'd be like, well, she's got to have, you know, a big ass. I'm a butt guy or whatever. Yeah, I got no problem with that. Yeah, great. We're all entitled to our own attraction. But that's kind of on the front end. That's more of a, a gatekeeping exercise for lack of a better term shouldn't be the only one but it's definitely one one of them right i don't necessarily think that if you've engaged into a relationship and you've gotten into the depths where as we started the episode we talked about this is a deep loving relatively committed relationship that you can just pop that one up out of (laughs) after months or years of being with someone which is like well i uh would prefer if someone had an hourglass body you know (laughs) and so if you if you hear things like well i prefer six-pack abs or i want your ass bigger and your waist smaller wrong reasons like if you're in the dating market yes maybe a little more gatekeeping and it's more appropriate there a little more appropriate 
Not to tell someone to their face, though. But if you're in a serious relationship with someone because of their external appearance only, is that really a serious relationship? Right. And yeah. so this is where it would be like a check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. Because you might actually discover through this process that you're in the relationship for the wrong reasons anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then kind of moving into the, the last consideration that I would give before someone steps into the actual conversation itself. Have you spent some time in empathy for your partner as it pertains to health. Yeah. What are they going through currently and or what have they been through in their past? Like childhood, for instance, that could be driving their current state of health or lack thereof. Yeah. Childhood for sure. Um, But also like think back on the last six months or a year of their life, you know, their life circumstances, you know, the events that have unfolded in their life, you know, for example, like, did your wife just have a baby? <laughs> right. You know, did she give birth six months ago and her body looks completely different than before she got pregnant? Like, yeah, that's really normal. Um, and so I, I think another example on the flip side is like, did your husband, you know, was he an elite athlete and he changed you know, trajectory or position in life. Now he works in an office job and maybe doesn't have the time to work out or maybe he injured himself. He injured his back and can't work out the same way. And you notice that his body looks completely different than when you got together. Like have some empathy for your partner and what might be unfolding in their life and what might be already going on in their inner world regarding their body and body image. Because nine times out of 10, I'm sure the person is well aware of the changes in their body and is probably already thinking about it themselves and even speaking negatively. They could be be speaking negatively about themselves, about this part. So adding on commentary from the partner could be really devastating in certain circumstances. Well, and, And stress is such a huge component. And people go through seasons of stress in their life just naturally. And then even more so if you're in a specific career. Uh, I worked in a career where three months of my year was seven days a week over 10 hours yeah. a day. And it was stress whether I liked it or not, as as were all of my coworkers. And it was so interesting because everybody would radically change during this period physically. And everybody's body is different. Some people would just lose a bunch of weight. Some people would gain a bunch of weight. Yeah. Some people's skin would break out. Some people's hair would get jacked up. You know, probably shouldn't be putting ourselves through this type of yeah. hell. <laughs> but the point is, there's a significant dose of stress and everybody handles that stress a little bit differently. Yeah. And so having an understanding of, you know, maybe this person's in a really yeah. intense season of stress and and their body carries more weight. Or in, like in my case, it just just fell off me. yeah just just dropped weight ridiculously anytime i'm stressed yeah i mean personally I'll, I'll speak to something that's in my life right now is i have had my head down working on a very big project that has taken a lot of my time and mental space and energy previously you know a couple months ago i was working with a, a coach who was doing my programming and you know we were going through and i had certain fitness goals and then i got to the point where i was like he I don't have the mental capacity because of these other things that are taking priority um, that I'm excited about and I'm putting so much energy and time into. I told my trainer, my health coach, like, hey, I'm going to 
push pause for a few months at least um, and just take care of my own, you know, daily movement and everything. And I, I'm willingly going into this period, especially now, um, currently, you know, things are really ramping up and I'm about to launch one of the the biggest project that I've worked on in my career in my in mm-hmm. my in our business of having the medicine and everything and I am totally fine with if my body changes a little bit or or feels a little bit you know extra fluffy or whatever like I'm <laughs> I, I'm not saying that that's happening I'm saying if it does then it's okay because I'm I'm willingly going into this time. And so we all fluctuate. We all have times of stress where we're not able to work out like we want to. And so all this, you know, to say coming back to full circle, like just sit in like a couple days worth of empathy for your partner. Um, And if you do still choose to have a conversation, at least you will have done that practice already. Yeah, totally. And a lot of these things show up, unfortunately, in the bedroom. Because that's the most vulnerable state ever. And it's like going to tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. So if you've had three months of stress and all of a sudden you're not able to achieve orgasm, whether you're male or female, well, have a little empathy because they have been going through, (laughs) you, you, as you say often, can't make sex hormones when you're making stress hormones. So just set and setting, place this thing with a little bit of context. And then in addition to that, what was their upbringing in wellness like or lack thereof eating disorders in their family question mark do they have a habit of comforting themselves with food and or finding control in life by micromanaging their food or their exercise routines or or maybe it was a a, a point of connection between them and their family is like big dinners, you know, and, and having lots of food being pushed and like, you know, that's part of the, the family connection is huge, very elaborate and, and, and indulgent meals or something. It's like a sign of achievement. A lot, a lot of families, especially for boys to like eat the most food. (laughs) Yeah. And I would always get feedback for like, Oh, see what my boy ate. Yeah. (laughs) My dad's not that way necessarily. I totally gave him a false like impersonation, but a lot of times in the very masculine family dynamic that I had, it was like my boy can eat a whole turkey, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Look at the mashed potatoes. He just pizza. pizza. That, yeah, that, I used that, to eat that, a whole pizza. That is an example. Um, and so, just being aware of those those childhood programs are mm-hmm. really important. Okay, ready for real talk, aka poop talk. If you're a new listener, this is who I am. I'm an open book. So we all know that regular, predictable elimination is absolutely essential for health maintenance. We should all be going one to three times a day, every day. When things are backed up, I personally am a different human. I'm irritable, uncomfortable, and generally more anxious. So how do I keep things flowing? One of the ways is with Organifi Green Juice. First thing in the morning, I have two servings of green juice. I stir one scoop into about 10 ounces of water, drink it down, followed by another scoop in another 10 ounces. So right away, I am flooding my cells with a hefty dose of micronutrients that support detoxification, hydration, and cortisol levels, as well as hydrating my bowels. Organifi is organic, non-GMO, glyphosate residue-free, and has a therapeutic dose of this king of herbs called ashwagandha. Other green juices 
only have a fairy dusting of ashwagandha. Try Organifi Green Juice to energize and nourish your cells, hydrate your bowels, and support your cortisol levels. Go to Organifi.com and use the code MIMIFIT, that's M-I-M-I-F-I-T, for a hefty 20% off all of their products. Or just check the show notes below. Cheers and love. Also, super normal. Yeah. Clinically diagnosed eating disorders, whether that's too much food, not enough food, compulsive eating patterns, you know, it's like 10% of people clinically. This is through a diagnosis. Take that into just doing a quick observation (laughs) on Instagram or TikTok. And between the body dysmorphia and the high likelihood of of disordered eating, that percentage is is probably quite staggering. That's one of those, if I could get the actual stats, which is, I love to use that phrase all the time because there's just certain things we will never be able to see the statistics on. But if I could just get the statistics on... Instagram and TikTok influencers who are in the health and wellness space and how many of them have body dysmorphia or disordered eating. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the majority of my friends who I know personally have had a season of their life at least, you know, a year, two years or more where they were, maybe it wasn't diagnosed, but they were sort of in the same way we were engaging in orthorexic tendencies where their healthy habits became so extreme that they became unhealthy. And so that may not ever get diagnosed, but a lot of people are dealing with that on a daily or regular basis is restriction around food or binging. Um, We know (laughs) plenty of people, like I said, the majority of people I know personally have had a, a time in their life like this. And, and so what I'm trying to say is this is normal. Mm-hmm. Like this is common, maybe not normal, but it's common. Yeah. And it warrants yeah. empathy and understanding yeah. and something to be considered prior to stepping into this conversation. And then the last thing I would say is just, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. I didn't know that I was a compulsive asshole when it came to the way that I worked out and ate food. I thought I was being healthy. Yeah. I think that so many people also whether it's their diet choices or their movement choices, don't know what they don't know. And unfortunately, the mainstream world, like I was talking about earlier, is not going to be like, hey, bud, just want to let you know, you probably want to stop eating the chips ahoy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nobody in the main, there's no commercial that's going to be like, hey, we need to reorient. No, it's all the other, it's It's the the other direction. It's the opposite. Every sports Olympic, you know, we got the the Olympics main sponsors like McDonald's and Nestle. And it's like, come on, my guy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you said it. I mean, once we know better, we can do better, but... What, what if we don't know better? We don't know what we don't know. And so um, some people just don't know. They haven't gotten there yet. And, and sharing a little bit more of my experience, I once I heard about um, intermittent fasting from the Ben Greenfield podcast, love, love some of the content that Ben puts out. I fully just respect him as an individual. Yeah, and ben. Yeah. But <laughs> as I was a 24, six-year-old fertile female, I didn't know that it was going to completely trash my hormones. And I just thought, oh, this is healthy. Okay, let me give it a try. So then I did a year of intermittent fasting, no breaks. 
that is not healthy for anyone, um, I would argue, but certainly not a 26-year-old female whose hormones are not like a a 33-year-old Ben Greenfield. So I didn't know what I didn't know, and I, I completely trashed my hormones. Once I knew, once I heard and was educated, like, oh, that's really extreme, then I was able to make make different choices. But you have to have, we have to make mistakes to know that they're mistakes and then learn and reorient ourselves. So, you know, at least think about what, what was their childhood like? What was their understanding of health like? And maybe they just really don't know. Our world we call healthcare is actually sick care. Yeah. If you didn't grow up with a parent or someone close to you in your community who embodied healthy movement, fitness or healthy diet and nutrition you're pretty screwed and then you kind of step into the mainstream world as you become an adult and even if you're attempting to figure out health and you go to just primary mainstream resources you'll be told obesity is a is a genetic thing you can't really do anything about it you might be told that saturated fat is bad red meat is bad juice is actually healthy get some more juice in your life and just throw some spinach on that domino's pizza and you'll yeah. be good to go get like, some greens I, I know i'm laughing at it now but like seven years ago i i thought all of these things and so you don't know what you don't know you're also it's just really important to get to understand your partner's upbringing yeah. and some of those programs or those conditions that they may have so that you can have compassion like the point here is that it's not their fault in so many cases the the world is against you when it comes to your health dude it sucks it's just not set up to help us thrive in long-term vital expression of health it's just not set up that way and and the sooner that we accept that the sooner that we can actually reclaim our health and step into such an overused phrase but like step into your power it's true you have to realize that no one is going to do this for you you have to make the choice and it has to be a regular daily decision to choose again making choices that support your high dream hopefully that makes it a little a little bit easier but making changes from zero isn't always easy and so empathy, compassion for your partner and and patience if they decide to start making different choices. Definitely. Okay. So I think we can move into now we've we've given ourselves the considerations that we might want to lock into our consideration tool belt tool belt. belt. Um, Before we get into how to have the conversation, I want to take a minute to let everybody know that if they love our shows and want to engage with us more, more intimately, of course, you can always reach out to us on Instagram. We respond to every single DM uh, that comes our way. But we now have a, a way to hear your actual voice. Yeah. And so if you love what you're hearing, you want to partake, whether that be through question or commentary, we have developed a way. And we actually haven't developed a way. <laughs> we've, we've, we're using an app that will allow you to re- yeah. record your comments or your questions. They'll be sent to us. We will listen to all of them, guarantee that, and then include where relevant, whether it's through a Q and A episode or whether it's through an episode like this and we get some level of commentary that's aligned, we will play those back Mm -hmm. in a way that can be uh, cohesive with the content that we're putting together. Yeah. I'm really, really excited about this. We just implemented it like last week and really haven't shared about it at all. But um, if you go to 
pipespeak.com forward slash the medicine podcast, which I will obviously link in the show notes from here moving forward. If you have a question that you want us to answer on the show, you record straight from your phone. I think there's like a 90 second max. So get your question in under 90 seconds. We'll listen to it, review it, and we can then add it into the audio of the of the show. So it's not just we're gathering questions. You will actually hear your voice yeah. on our show. You can keep it anonymous totally if you don't want your name in there, that's totally fine. Um, if you want a shout out, you can include your name and we'd be happy to include that. But we, you know, we really want to be proactive about engaging with our audience and making sure that we are answering your questions that you have to the best of our, our ability, but we have to have a way to get those questions. Yeah. And um, I'm really excited about this. So check out the show notes if you want to record your question and be featured in a, an upcoming show. Yep. It'll also be included in the medicine drop, which we send out every single week, usually on a Wednesday or a Thursday. There'll be a link in there as well. Um, and we will do a better job of dropping the newsletter link for signups in the podcast show notes because we haven't done that in the past so we'll get that in there you can look for both of those yeah. in the show notes all right cool all right how to actually have this conversation so i think that one thing that's important to yeah talk about star 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 even if you have this conversation in the most loving conscious way possible and all of the considerations that we've recommended you have yeah. made there is still a chance that having this conversation, you know, specifically if it pertains to your partner's health or weight, could create a moment of disconnection, moments of disconnection, charge, yeah. and Tension. potentially damage. Like, yeah. this is one of those scenarios where, for the greater good, I'm going to be stepping into this conversation, doing the best that I can with the tools that I have to make this loving. But even in that case, mm -hmm. so much of this will be dependent upon how the other human being responds that it may still hurt, yeah. feel like shit <laughs> and feel like in that moment, this was not yeah. progressive. <laughs> Listen closely. If you have this conversation with your partner, there is about a 0% chance that it will feel at all good for your partner. Yeah. This will not feel good, no matter how loving or conscious it is. There is a potential that you could damage your connection, your relationship. So you need to decide on the front end, is that risk worth having the conversation? Now, if it's rooted in true health and well-being considerations for your partner and their future and your future together, or if it's just like, well, I want her ass to be a little bit bigger. <laughs> um, that is where you have time to reflect on the risk. And, and if this conversation is really worth that risk. Yeah. So that is, we're not telling you to have this conversation or not have this conversation. Every circumstance is going to be different. What we are saying is you need to evaluate that risk for yourself and you know your partner better than anyone and you should be able to understand and empathize with their position no matter how you frame it. Um, that is something to, to keep in mind is there's probably yeah. going to be some, some hurt feelings at the very least. Totally. I also think that 
prior to having verbal conversation, it is worth the attempt to physically, energetically communicate that health is important and it's a priority. What does that look like? You independently, as the person who is feeling the need to have this conversation with your significant other, can begin to embody healthy living and healthy lifestyle if you are not. What does that look like? Maybe you start shopping a little bit differently and stocking the cupboards and the refrigerator with foods that are more aligned with a healthy lifestyle. Maybe you are carving out time in your week to prioritize your movement. Maybe you're going for more walks. Maybe you're throughout the course of the day taking little exercise snack breaks and your partner is able to observe that, get curious and say, hey, I've noticed you've been you know, yeah. prioritizing health a little bit. What are you up to? I'm kind of interested. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. That's fucking awesome if that can happen. Yeah. That is rare. That, yeah. that, that doesn't happen all the time. But for instance, you know, it happens with, with <laughs> us often. Granted, we both value health. So when I see that you're partaking in a rotational four-day diet of changing out the primary proteins that you're having over the course of four days, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'll, I'll do that too. Yeah. But, but you didn't come. You didn't need to come to me and have a conversation yeah. about that. You just felt that it was important for you to start cycling yeah. your primary proteins. Yeah. And so, great. That's not always the case. Um, and, I, and I will say that disclaimer because especially dudes, primary masculine dudes, can also tell when you're trying to hint. So if you leave a weight loss book on their dresser, like they're going <laughs> to be like, pillow. they're going to be like, okay, f- like fuck off. What's yeah. going on? You send them like a uh, ripped guy accounts online, like on <laughs> right. Instagram. Like, wow, look at him. <laughs> right. Or like commenting on some athlete, like how fucking yeah. hot they are or something. Yeah. It's like clearly a little over the or top. Or like, oh, that's what you used to look like. <laughs> yeah. Bringing up old pictures yeah. and being like, oh yeah, I used to love your body. <laughs> Tough stuff. Taping um, a picture of them to their bathroom mirror from 20 years ago like here's now your now you're sharing your, all your secrets i've never done that <laughs> what i'm saying here is it's worth an attempt in a tasteful way i don't put a ton of weight in that being uh, a great chance of like converting but i would say that to avoid the the really sensitive conversation it's worth an attempt to communicate this conversation through some of your own individual lifestyle yeah. changes. So um, I will say that. I think I think then though moving into the all right, we need to have a face to face conversation where I'm using my words. Number one, just choose the right time and place. Find a private and comfortable setting where you both can talk without distractions or interruptions. Timing's crucial. Avoid bringing this topic up when emotions are high or during a stressful moment. So say you're getting in an argument. We've used example arguments so often in the past. You're bickering about the dishes, who's going to do them. There's laundry on the floor. Not a good time to also <laughs> slip in the fat. Well, you're getting fat. Yeah. Well, you're going to like, not a, not a great time. No, nor, not a good time. Nor is it, even if it's seem you're not in an argument, but maybe it's the, it's Friday evening and you're both wrapping up work and you just want to like watch movie or something. Yeah. It's not the time to be like, Hey, we're going to talk about your lack of wellness. You know, you're, you're not well. And, and, and so I think that really having a time and space that is neutral, um, yeah. where there's no time rush 
where there's no other charge in that little container is important. If you're doing a check-in, like we've talked about so, so often, episode 113 Mm -hmm. is the art of the check-in. If you are having consistent check-ins, this is a perfect time to bring this up. And ideally, it's not gotten to the point that it's been awful and where you've you've made this communication effort in the past. So ideally, this is a check-in. Yeah. It's not a good time when you're in a in the car in a 10 minute drive to your in-laws for dinner. Right. Not a good time. It may be private, but one, there's a finite amount of time that you have and then you're going into a group setting then thereafter, yeah. which is like, it's just unkind. Or not to bring it up in front of other people. Oh my as God, a, no. As a sarcastic barb that has no. a little too much truth to it. That would be awful. Like, oh, you know, you're fat ass. Like something like that, which I've heard that type of thing. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, that exists. But I really hope no one listening to this conversation thinks that that is a good idea. Yeah, Um, Just we'll squash that right away. Um, I think... In in piggybacking on the conversation uh, about the check-in, I think it would be helpful if we maybe gave some some uh, examples of what those statements could look like. Because in the check-in, we give the language that kind of the structure, and you definitely go back and listen to that episode one thirteen. But one thing that we say is what I would love more of yeah. is um, so. What I would love more of is for us to find some more hikes that we can do together. I would love to um, sit down and meal plan with you for the week so that we can be really squared away. Like it would bring me so much peace and I would feel really good knowing that we're, we are fueling our body with really healthy, nutrient dense foods. So, you know, is that something that you would be able to do is like sit down, like you can frame it in a way that it's, 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 we, it's, it's inclusive. It's not, you know, pointed at you, um, which leads into the next point, but I'll, I'll let you jump in here. Yeah. I think, I think point number two is, is using I statements. And in this framework of the check-in is really important. I'm observing that this is a stressful season. And I think that it would be really beneficial if we introduced something that countered that stress by prioritizing our diet and movement patterns so that we're not adding more stress to our life by the way that we are eating or by not moving our body in a in a healthy way Mm -hmm. um or even just like showing your emotions i am feeling concerned yeah i feel like the our dream and ideally you've got a dream or a legacy that you've both communicated to each other i'm concerned that our dream will not be within reach because of the lack of vitality I feel in our home and the wellness that I feel in our home. Or I'm concerned because we have a dream of having a family Mm -hmm. and I'm concerned that fertility is at jeopardy Mm -hmm. if we don't make a change in our diet and exercise habits together. So what I would love more of is if we can tag team this together and, 
you know, stack the deck in our favor to be as healthy as possible so that we can have the healthiest baby, you know, as possible. So I statements really yeah. important instead of yeah. you, 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 that's you very always, accusatory. You never, you don't just stay away from that language as much as you can. And then after expressing how you feel, I think the invitation, what's inclusive is to start using we, mm-hmm. like we can make changes. If you have we, it feels significantly more enrolling. That person yeah. does not feel as isolated. Again, I'm not going to say they're not going to be able to read between the lines and, and realize that you're giving them feedback, but including we is really, really important. Hey friends, by now you probably have picked up that Chase and I are committed to living optimally healthy lives. We are obsessed with small actions that have profound benefits for the entire body, which is why I'm super excited to share the benefits of ASEA with you. ASEA is classified as a cell signaling supplement, meaning that it supports cellular regeneration and communication. Our overall expression of health comes down to our individual cells and how they function. And with so many toxins, pesticides, and disruptors that unfortunately exist in our world, it's no wonder that the body starts to break down and express disease. We'd like to limit that disease expression if possible, and it is possible. ASEA is full of redox molecules. These redox molecules are the communication centers of your cells. We're born with redox molecules, but they steadily decrease over time. So ASEA redox comes in two different forms, used in different ways, but both have incredible capacity to help the body heal itself. There's a liquid and a gel. ASEA Redox Liquid is something we drink daily to increase our internal cellular communication and regeneration throughout the body. We've noticed that our digestion, sleep quality, and recovery after workouts has all improved. The gel is a topical product that can be used for pain or fast healing of injuries or skin issues. I personally use it on my face twice a day to promote smooth, nourished, clear skin. And honestly, my skin has never been softer or smoother in my life. I'm amazed. The gel also increases blood flow significantly. So TMI, but we love to use it before sex to increase blood flow and sensation. I won't get into all the details here, but wow, it really works. To learn more about how ASEA supports your entire body and see a full breakdown of uses, you can go to themedicine.com forward slash ASEA. That's A-S-E-A. Or you can just check the show notes, of course, for the direct link. We are committed to only sharing with you guys what has made a significant impact on our lives and overall well-being. Cheers to cellular health and cheers to ASEA. Okay, bye. I would also say, and this is kind of in that that we arrangement, specifically articulating your concerns is important. Yes. Because we are a culture of non-confrontation, we can use fluffy words, get through a conversation, look back and we go, okay, that felt good. That felt good. Yeah. But may have missed the point because we weren't direct enough. Yeah, especially if you are speaking to the masculine representative right. in the relationship, be specific and be very clear. Um, you gave the example uh, when we were speaking earlier where it's like, if you're 
husband or partner is drinking a six pack every night. Right. That is not conducive for overall long-term health. It just isn't. I'm not saying you can't drink here and there or special occasions, whatever. But if, if we're looking at the statistics, that is not in alignment with long-term health. Right. So you have grounds to, to speak to it. Um, so in the, in the conversation around being specific, how would you as the masculine want to receive that information from someone like me, the feminine? Yeah. I, and so the example that I would give, let's just take the alcohol example. If you use the high level framework of I'm feeling concern over our ability to reach our dream goals of having a family because our health and well-being may not contribute to fertility and our ability to have children. If, if the person can't read between the lines that that means I need to stop drinking so much alcohol, you need to literally list out, I would like to start, I would like us to start together, you know, we language, leaving alcohol out until there's a special occasion. Yeah. And we can celebrate or we can take date night or Saturday night dinner time to have wine mm-hmm. as our healthy relationship with alcohol. Yeah. If you don't leave out those specifics, there may not be actual, ch- there might be some change. If you leave out those specifics, right. there might. But the alcohol problem might still be yeah, there. Right. Or, or for instance, say it's, I want to start prioritizing making food at home instead of going out all the time. I don't want to get takeout every single night. I don't want to get, uh, you know, prepackaged microwavable food. I want to start making f- dinner and, and they go, great, let's go, let's fucking go. And you make dinner, you have a beautiful meal, but before bedtime, they're slamming Oreos. And so you haven't specifically communicated the fact that you want to actually remove processed mm, food mm-hmm. almost altogether from the equation. Yeah. And so again, I think that being specific is important. You are in this charged conversation. You don't want to have another one like make sure your points are getting right. communicated in a as loving way as possible. Yeah. Offer support and suggestions. <clears throat> yeah. You know, solutions. For instance, hey, I want to start cooking whole foods. I want us to be able to make dinner together at least four or five nights a week. And I would prefer that you and I do not include Oreos or processed cookies in the cupboard. Mm-hmm. But I do have a solution. Maybe on the weekend, we can bake something with organic ingredients that taste just as good as an Oreo. I'd be happy to find some healthier recipes that I could make for both of us. Like those exist out there. I would also say, you know, in this conversation around if, if somebody, if you're observing your partner sort of engaging in like escapism, like if they're drinking a six pack every night, they're wanting to, they're probably wanting to escape something or to get out rather than really tuning in and being really present in whatever's going on in their life. Same thing if someone is binging food late at night or whatever. Yeah. What are What's going on in your inner world that you feel like you need to escape from or that you need to be comforted by this thing? And I think this is a, this would be a time in the correct circumstance, depending on what the, what the issues are, to, to really like, 
open up and, and be loving and, and, and genuinely curious about yeah. your partner. Like, Hey babe, is there like, are you feeling like you need to like escape or is there, are you feeling like you're trying to get away from something? Um, you know, I just want to be able to have this open conversation about, um, if there's something that's not being said or something that I'm missing, like how can yeah. I support you in this? And that's a great, way to step into kind of the, the the next thing that I would suggest in this conversation, which is be prepared for some yeah. pushback. If that feedback is is given and you've you've stepped into what we call the thing behind the thing and the compulsive eating has been highlighted or the compulsive behavior has been highlighting, the escapism behavior has been highlighted, and you're kind of opening that dam, your significant other could break down and get emotional. I'm like, oh my God, I need some, I need help here. This is a pattern. This is just, I'm, I'm, I'm over compartmentalizing and uh, it's my neurotic tendencies and, and it could be emotional and binding. Or, and yeah. Bu- or I'm just like stressed out from the kids or right. whatever. Or it could be like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it could. So be prepared for some pushback. Yeah. You know, ideally they are opening up. And it's a, a space of vulnerability that's that's more soft and gentle. But there's a really good chance that it could also be like, here's the brick wall yeah. that's in front of my issue and you attempting to help me. Body image is really, really it's sensitive. so sensitive. This is a, a, a the point in the conversation where if somebody is feeling defensive or cornered or po- like poked or talked down to again the pushback is likely to to come and they could even start engaging in oh you're going to bring that up yep. well what about you you did blah 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 like 2 weeks ago and they're they could be unconsciously inviting you into the act of scorekeeping which is like yeah well what about this yep. and now the topic at hand is out the window and they're ushering in a new topic because they feel defensive and cornered yep. it's a human tendency we all have done it of course but just expect that to happen yeah. no matter how conscious you are in your delivery yeah and so being prepared for some pushback there's a couple pieces to consider do not resort to scorekeeping. Yeah. Make clear that you're open to their perspective and, and to their feelings, but that you're uninterested in counting up all of the ways that each of yeah. you are dropping the ball. You can say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to have a conversation around my inability to show up in, in the way that you're articulating. But right now, I just want to focus on health. Yeah. And I want to focus on this topic. Can we, can yeah. we just stick to this? Yeah. Encourage them to share their thoughts and concerns, but without personal attacks or intentional barbs that mm-hmm. either one of you know would would trigger. Yeah. So it's going to be a really easy slope once those rabbit trails are opened up to start what abouting. Well, what about this last week? What about this when you t- when you bought the Oreos that one time 6 months ago, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so be really really careful. It's almost like it's not as extreme, but it's almost like if you've ever been a part of an intervention of sorts in a family or with a friend, you expect that person to start il- trying to elicit an aggressive response out of yeah, you so that they can toss away yeah. the legitimacy of the conversation because it got so charged. And in their mind, they can go, well, they kind of turned into an asshole anyway, so none yeah. of it was relevant. Yeah, and I, I think cushioning, uh, at the very beginning of this conversation, if I was to enter into this conversation, I would right up front from my heart be like 
this is a really hard thing for me to even bring up. Like, I have lost sleep. I have been meditating and reflecting on my intentions. And I just want you to know that, like, this is coming from the deepest loving part of my heart. And it's still really difficult for me to even talk about and bring up. So I want you to know that like, this is hard for me too. Yep. But, you know, and, and go on. But I think if you're, if you're cushioning and, and your partner can see from the beginning that like, this isn't easy, this isn't an easy topic to bring up. Like the person bringing it up knows that they are wielding a weapon that can potentially really hurt their partner and who knows what's going to come from that. So it's, it's, it's hard in different ways for both people on different ends of the conversation. Yep. As there is some pushback, it will be easy to want to drop your ability to stay calm and neutral and loving and compassionate and empathetic to at all costs avoid counter criticism and avoid counter blame. This will, in fact, do the opposite. Offer suggestions. Um, remain emotionally neutral. And as that individual, if they are pushing back in some level of charged way, will feel as if their attempts at eliciting eliciting uh, an aggressive response from you. They will feel as if they was have failed and you'll step into a new space of where the relationship could go. Yeah. Worst case, they storm out because they just can't deal with it at all or they step into a more constructive space. Yeah. That's usually the formula for these types of conversations. And if they leave, they yeah. leave. But you got to kind of wade through that intense initial feedback period, that pushback period in order to get to where the real juice of the constructive conversation can be. And so be prepared. Don't resort to scorekeeping. Don't resort to what abouting. Don't allow them to take you on rabbit trails and then avoid your own responsive blame and criticism. Yeah. Even if you come into the conversation with a bunch of tools, those will be tested. So work through that initial test and ensure that you're consistently showing up with the tools that you put yeah. in your tool belt. I would say I love everything you just said. The The one thing that I want to add to is you mentioned staying emotionally neutral, which I totally understand what you're saying there. But I would actually say that if your partner is throwing barbs or scorekeeping or inviting you into like a real like fight or whatever this is an opportunity for you to remind them like, I love you. I'm committed to this relationship. I am committed to our partnership. I'm not going to engage in the tit for tat type of, Yeah, I, I'm committed to you as a loving partner. And that's the only place that this is coming from. And keep reminding them like, nope, I love you. I'm not going there with you. I, yeah. I, I I hear you. I hear your frustration, but I'm committed to the highest version of ourselves or yeah. I'm committed to our dream. And that's why I'm bringing this but up. But if you say that yelling, if right. you respond yelling, even if it's with those words, it's going to amplify the emotion. Right. And so I think staying relatively, whether you want to use neutral or stable or, yeah. or safe, maybe is the best word yeah. to use. Emotionally safe. 
um, will set you up for success. I have literally witnessed you in difficult conversations where people are throwing barbs at you and you choose to literally just like deflect them with like, nope, not going to go there. Um, I love you. I hear you. I see you, but I'm not going to engage in that. And the person is like neutralized very quickly. And so I've, I've seen it in action and know that it works. And no, I, I've, it's because I've been through knockdown, drag out, emotional screaming matches that lead to, at best, lead to months of ice yeah. cold silence with that person that I love and care about on the other side of it. Yeah. So it is not, it is not the path. Uh, I assure you of that. So we've talked about how to have the conversation, choose the right time and place, using I statements, avoid saying you. When you bring up actions going forward, be really specific about the concerns, specific yeah. about the things that you would like to see differently, but use we in the changes mm -hmm. that you would like to see and be very inclusive with those suggestions. Yeah. Lastly, like... Be prepared for some pushback. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No matter how conscious or loving, be prepared for pushback for sure. Um, or or even just maybe like a little bit of distance afterwards. It may not be if the like myself, I'm not like a I'm going to throw things at you. I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to call you names type of person. If my feelings are hurt, I shut down. Yeah, I go silent. And so if that's the type of partner, if that's what their tendency is, you might feel some disconnection over the next days or weeks or whatever where they're processing your conversation. Um, so just you know, be aware and be be expecting that. And I will just end by reiterating whatever conversation you have, no matter how it goes, end that conversation with an overwhelming amount of love and admiration for your partner. So that the last thing that you say to them is reminding them that yeah. you are on their team, that you love them with every ounce of your being, that you are working towards your dream and that you're in this with them. You're not saying you need to do this or else. It's like, no, let's do this. We can do this together. So that's the last thing they hear from you is yeah. an outpouring of your love in the, in the context of a really sensitive, difficult topic. Definitely. Uh, fortunately, you know, we've never ha had... Uh, the opportunity to have this type of conversation in part two, although we definitely failed at these types of yeah, conversations majorly. in part one. Majorly. Um, but, but this applies to every charged conversation. Be aware of what your ego, how your ego tends to argue. Um, for instance, in a charged conversation, my ego tends to want to talk a lot and <laughs> dominate the entire conversation because I can talk my way through and out of a lot of things, a lot of times confuse the other person yeah. to the point that they start contradicting their own words. And I've kind of stepped out of it and go, I didn't even authentically share what I was sharing. I rather just filled the entire container with my ego's storytelling. I'm going to talk around them, talk around them and twist them and five different directions and leave them off in a direction and nothing was productive. So actually for me, it's listen, keep listening. Yeah. Be very slow to speak because that's the way that I know that my ego is not 
the one doing the, mm-hmm. the communicating for other people. It might be different. It might be actually, you need to open up more. You need to voice because, That's me. because their <laughs> default is to be quiet. Yeah. And so just be really aware of what your default. I'm, again, I'm not saying the ego is good or bad or anything. I just think that in these it moments, just is. it requires soul level conversation. Yeah. My ego is fucking great when I'm podcasting and tell, <laughs> talking, telling stories and shit like that. But in a, an emotionally valuable set and setting it's really important for me to slow down and to listen and to be slow to speak and even if it's like i have things that i want to say right now but i'm not going to say them because i don't think it would actually be from the best version of me yeah you guys are getting like a direct look into the way that some of our charged conversations go because everything you said is is on point and you are extremely self-aware and I just want to commend that because you you see yourself clearly and you're able to recognize it in the moment and even if something comes out where you're like Fuck, that wasn't good I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have talked circles around her or whatever it is you are able to still in that conversation maybe it's two minutes later able to circle back and be like okay, I see what I was doing and I'm going to take a different approach here. And usually that leads to us, you know, coming together or me feeling safe to really share the the deep concerns or the deepest feelings where sometimes I, I feel silly. I feel silly for feeling the way that I do or I feel dumb or I feel whatever. I just, so it makes me not want to speak. And my lesson, my opportunity is to recognize that tendency in the moment and I'm getting so much better at it. And part two is <laughs> a different planet than part one. I'm able to, you know, voice that and say like, I don't really know how to put this into words, but here's what I'm feeling. And I realize that this might sound silly, but I have to tell you. So it's like, <sighs> it's it's partly recognizing yeah. your tendencies in the moment and yeah, it's like, being oh, able to choose. My ego has entered the room. Okay. Yeah, my ego tells me to be quiet because yeah. you sound stupid. Yeah. And so that's me pushing against my ego is no, I know how that goes. Part one played out that way. When I'm quiet, when I don't voice in a, in a loving way or at all thing, only bad things happen. Yep. So yep. it's either feel disconnected and sound a little silly or just continue being disconnected and no progress is made. It's just like, it's yeah. just not a good combination. So you guys totally. are welcome for the insight <laughs> into our, uh, our charged conversation dynamic. In summary, one, do you have the right to have this conversation with someone that you love and care about? I think you do. You do. What are some key considerations to evaluate before you actually have the conversation? Do you have a dream or legacy for the relationship? It's going to be really helpful if you do. If you don't, maybe start that conversation as well. Is this about well-being and health or appearance? It should be about well-being and health. Have you sat in empathy for your significant other? And then as you step into the conversation, choose the right time and place. Use I statements. Be specific about the concerns. Be be more concerned with we and solution orientation than you and accusatory nature of you are not, especially. Be prepared for some pushback. And the last thing that I would love to close with on this is 
just the extra emphasis of patience and understanding. Understand that change takes time, especially when it comes to your health and well-being. Certain patterns and habits are hard to change and may not be immediate. Sometimes you get the person who just gets the feedback and they're compulsive. Or maybe they've been thinking the same thing for themselves and all they needed was just an extra permission slip to be like, you know what? You're right. I I am going to hire that coach or whatever. Either way, your ongoing support and encouragement through the process is something that should be day one yeah. and day one thousand. Yeah, it, it, it's it's to be there, and this is the long game here. Yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend anybody who goes through this conversation and there's a collaborative, co-creative commitment by both parties to invest more into health and well-being that you find yourself a coach who can tailor a specific food and movement practice to your life and to your dream. Why I say a coach or a professional who's a professional instead of just getting like workout programs on Instagram or joining (laughs) like a boot camp type hit workout is that every single person has so much diversity as it pertains to their food movement require requirements yeah. history yeah injury body type so it really does require a specific individual assessment of your physical mental emotional spiritual wellness yeah so that you can set up a successful program for the future we of course not to be uh you know no surprise here would recommend a check professional that is somebody who has been through the full paul check curriculum Mm -hmm. in lifestyle holistic lifestyle and movement um habits and education yeah they they will be able to assess the physical along with emotional mental childhood programming and even spiritual and even if it's you know this can be an expensive endeavor to hire a coach or and a professional instead of just getting a program or following someone on instagram those are great those are totally great but even if it's expensive, just communicate that up front. Hey, this is cost is a concern. This is really important to me, but I'm in this for the long haul. How do we set this up in a way yeah. that you allow me to build a framework for nutrition and exercise such that I can continue to go back to it, even if I don't need you into the future? Those type these types of people will want to develop yeah. that program for you and with mm-hmm. you. Um, and I and I can promise you that the ROI on a customized program for you and your family yeah. is going to be well worth it compared to just yeah. going into the l- nearest Orange Theory or Barry's Boot Camp or whatever yeah. and just wrecking your body at the, uh, exercising. It's an investment. It, it's an investment into your current state of health and your future and ultimately your dream. So it's like you have to gauge how important is that to you. And um, to me, I, there's not a lot of things that I will prioritize, you know, from a money or a financial standpoint than my health. And so just take that into consideration that if you're not used to putting an investment towards a coach or a program or whatever, this is an investment. It's an investment into yourself and your future self. This body is home. Yeah. It's and the only one you got. We spend our money trying to develop our home. But <laughs> if you can't feel good in the home that you have that yeah. we call this human body meat suit, it doesn't matter where you're at. You're not going to 
fucking enjoy it, dude. Yeah. You got to take care of this meat suit, this yeah. this astronaut suit that we've been given to experience yeah. this uh, this incarnation in. And and how cool is it that we get to quite literally craft this thing? You know, with some certain limitation, obviously, uh, but we can all craft it in a way that we get to experience the most out of it and yeah. that is that is cool yeah it's fun treat it as a as a, a game not to diminish the the importance of it rather to to highlight like how fun it can be yeah. to really engage and invest in your health so that you can continue to engage and experience everything that you want to experience in life it doesn't happen without your health yep. without your health what do you have um not much, honestly. Um, not much that you can experience anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I hope this was really helpful if anyone's out there and and think has been thinking about this or wanting to talk to your partner. Hopefully you got some helpful tips and insights and pieces of wisdom that can um, help you from here on out engage in a very intentional, loving and conscious conversation with your partner. If this resonated, let us know. I love yeah. getting the DMs from people as they're talking about some of these podcast topics. Like, it, yeah. it, one, it just lights me up. It also gets me thinking in, in new directions and new mm -hmm. ways. What do you want to hear more of? Every time someone is reaching out to me, whether they say it or not, I say, hey, you know, what do you want to hear more of? Because that is what crafts upcoming yeah. conversation points yeah. and topics. And so please do. And now you can send your voice into that. Um, Guys, if you're loving the show, we just so appreciate a, a review. Anybody who leaves a review on Apple Podcasts, we send a little goodie, whether that's Mushy Love or one of the partner products that we have yeah. like Organifi or Ned. And so anytime you rate and review, send a little screenshot into um, the medicine podcast at gmail.com. And we'll get you set up with, with a goodie. It just means a ton when we've got positive reviews uh, or reviews at all. It's a, it's the easiest way that you can support the show. Yep. Like you, it, it's literally negative dollars because we're sending you a thank you by you know we, we're just so grateful we want to we want to shower you in gratitude because it really does mean so much to us yep but before we go i gotta know what for you is your medicine today <laughs> um well the first thing i have to go with the first thing it just it just is okay it just is this is who i am okay this is who you're listening to um, we are certain circumstances over the last two weeks, um, have just made it really difficult to connect intimately. And, um, yesterday we were finally able to with, it seemed like it had been like three weeks. It had been like six days or something, but it felt very long. Um, and I really enjoyed our intimate connection and, um, I'll just leave it at that, but it was absolutely medicine. It was medicinal yeah, at that point. Word. <laughs> word. What about you, yeah. my love? What has been your medicine? Well, of course that was uh, for me as well, but uh, we've been switching up a lot of things just to introduce a little more novelty into our life. And I've been loving the practice lately of having our coffee in the morning on the rooftop. Mm, yes. So we go to the rooftop of the condo, we get a beautiful view of the entire island uh, usually there's a marine layer, so it's not like pure sun necessarily, but it's a really bright sky that we get a 360 degree 
view of, and uh, you get those, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of sunlight in the morning and just sets your circadian rhythms up so mm-hmm. beautifully. You get tired at the right times of the day. And so I've really been enjoying that practice and that's been medicine for me. It's really helped uh, allow me as, as well as HCC allow me to keep some of these cold and illnesses at bay. And so huge fan of the novel experience of taking our coffee to the rooftop in the morning, getting the sunlight in our balls. When I say balls, I mean eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, it's been, it's been so fun enjoying that space up there with you in the morning. It really feels like we're on vacation, you know? It does. Yeah. yeah. It just, it's, it's absolutely lovely. Novelty, baby. Find more novelty in your day. (laughs) All right, you guys. Thank you for tuning in and hanging out with us. If you liked this episode, if anything hit home for you, share it with someone you love or on your Instagram story, whatever. We are so grateful. We love you and we mean it. We'll talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey friend, thanks for listening. Did you hear anything today that expanded your mind, made you laugh, touched your soul, or caused you to think differently about this topic? I hope so. I invite you to share this episode with someone you love. It takes 30 seconds and has the potential for a great ripple effect. Our world needs more people having real, honest, and open-minded dialogue on big topics. And you never know, you may just change their entire day. We love you and appreciate you being here with us. Cheers.